Bill is left-handed. I wonder if that has anything to do with his chicken scratch. What are we? We're like three minutes in. I'm getting insulted right away. <laughs> Call me in the afternoon, even by one, by one. Call me in the afternoon, even by Hi, welcome to the Marielles podcast. I'm sitting here with my next guest, Phil Baudry. How are you? I'm good. And you? How happy are you one to ten to be here? Uh, here being your apartment. <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy. Yeah? Solid, uh, solid, solid ten. Ten on ten? Ten on ten. Excellent. So, uh, you guys probably don't, to our two listeners, um, you guys probably don't know Phil. You probably do, actually. But for those who don't know Phil, he's uh, very active behind the scenes. Um, I would credit him as a producer because he comes up with a lot of my ideas. He also uh, is the last person I make listen to the episode before I publish it as my sanity check. He has a very critical ear. And, uh, you know, he's been very helpful with adjusting my levels in GarageBand. Um, yeah. But I'm not, like, you do a lot of your work by yourself. Of course, but you, I, you're the only other person who helps. I'm a consultant. That's an excellent segue. Um, Phil is here for several reasons. Number one, he's very insightful. Um, number two, he is a software engineer, which is very fitting for what we're going to be talking about. And number three, he is employed by IBM. So he is the perfect guest for this episode. Am I going to be in trouble at the end of this episode? It all depends what you're going to say. Sure. So what are we talking about today, Phil? So I propose that we talk about the Phoenix scandal. I uh, had no idea what this was. You brought this to my attention. I feel like you probably heard of it at one point, but you didn't piece out together. It was probably one part of like, uh, the government is not doing something properly again. And then that was it. Because, like, let's be honest, we hear a lot of these stories about, like, uh, the government. Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're right. And you proposed it, and because I it didn't immediately come to my head, I sort of dismissed it. And only when I looked into it, and I really wanted to record an episode with you, was I, I became obsessed. It was zero to a hundred. Like, as soon as I, you suggested it, I... I became enthralled by it. Like the research was endless. And he, you know, before I press record, he was looking at my pages of notes and he's like, what did I get myself into? I thought I had notes. I have one page, but it's like, uh, like a timeline. Yeah. It also looks like it was done by a kindergartner. But... You have terrible handwriting. Right off the bat, what are your initial impressions of this, of this scandal? Is it a scandal? I think it's a failure. It's a failure. It might be a scandal. I don't know. It's definitely uh, a lot of people are impacted by it. Okay. The, the, the big lines is that the government proposed to change the old system to a newer system for everything that was related to the payrolls of uh, government employees. Mm -hmm. A really long time ago. This is a decade in the making. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably touch the, like uh, a timeline with you later. But um, it was just a failure of the switch between the old system and a new system. It was a system that impacted a lot, a lot, a lot of employees of the government. And the system was paid for daily pays and also for retirement pays. So if you work your entire life and you expect to get money at the end of, to retire at a certain age, and your entire plans are changed because a system fails on you. And 
when I was doing my research, I was just laughing. I found it hilarious. Like, it didn't seem real, the yeah. layers of layers. And I was laughing out loud, and it was, it became hysterical to me until I realized, I, I read, like, person, like, real people talking about their experience, and very easily, very quickly, it became not funny at all. Like, no. when it was implemented, they thought it would be, like, fixed rather soon. So people were postponing their retirement, but now it's been a whole decade and people haven't been paid. And that's just like the most common thing that happens. If you look at individual cases of federal employees working for the government having to visit soup kitchens. Cause yeah, I saw that. I saw that soup kitchen and then someone else, what was it? People postponing the retirement, some people putting food banks, people selling their homes. That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Because of a system failure. And then that connects to your old episode about a bridge falling. And then people having their life impacted. Like in some case, you lose your life or yeah. different aspects. And then this one is another aspect of your life. And it's also done by engineering work. Yeah, another type of engineer. Yeah, I guess I guess we put... You know, we in that episode, the bridge falling with Emily, we put so much pressure on civil engineers because we're like, you're building structure and you're supporting life, and you wear the ring, and the ring reminds you of all your civil duty, your you know, to society. But and you sort of give software engineers a little bit of like a yeah. a pass. And that's when we remember. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect example of. And that's why it's part of it's an engineering work, like software, like that's where it takes us. Yeah, it's still building something and it impacts a lot of lives okay i'm interesting to see your uh, rundown of the timeline because i i did minimum research and i'm probably going to learn more about this by listening to you and already you went above and beyond i asked my guests to do as little possible because i want like reactions and feelings and because none of us are experts we have access to the same google system we have no insider information yeah. you know your employment to ibm has nothing to do with this oh yeah that was like like you said like a decade ago. a decade like it and has I nothing started to do. less than a year ago we're not historians <laughs> and we have no insider information so like already the research you did is very helpful so thank you and thank you for being here thank you for having me okay so um my rundown i got this information from the mclean's video um there was a journalist who made a timeline and she made a video and you know, that's where I got the most information from. And then I, I did a little bit of a deep dive, but I just want to give her credit. So um, the Phoenix Pay System is a payroll processing system for the Canadian federal government employees provided by IBM in June 2011 using PeopleSoft software and run, run by the Public Services and Procurement Canada. The Public Service Pay Center is located in Miramichi, New Brunswick, and it was first introduced in 2009 as part of Stephen Harper's Transformation of Pay Administration Initiative. Intended to replace Canada's 40-year system with new cost-saving automated off-the-shelf commercial system. By 2018, Phoenix has caused pay problems close to 80% of the federal government's 300,000 public servants through underpayments, overpayments, and non-payments. The Standing Senate Committee on National Finance, chaired by Senator Percy Mockler, investigated the Phoenix pay system and submitted their report. I'm sorry, I get I'm already heated like talking about it, in which they call Phoenix a failure and an international embarrassment. Instead of saving $70 million a year as planned in automation, the re report said the cost to taxpayers to fix Phoenix's problem could reach $2.2 billion by 2023. And what's interesting about that is that I marked that in December 20 2009, that's when the Harper government 
conceived the plan to, to, to do Phoenix. At this point, they didn't choose who was going to do the software. And that was following the 2008 recession. So there was like part of the government trying to find solutions. How can we cut costs? And how can we have it? The old system before that was, I think, 60 years old or yeah. 40 years old, something yeah. like that. It was like from the 60s. So the, the point was to change that. And it was supposed to save $70 million a year. Yeah. It, it sounded like it was simple. It was just, it, was, it wasn't unified. It wasn't systemic. It was just little departments all around the country yeah. doing regular payrolls. And a solution for coming from the recession. Like, let's save money. Yeah. And it's, it's the irony is that we're losing billions of dollars. <sighs> but yeah. And then it was in uh, 2009 that you introduced that. And in 2011 that IBM received, uh, like, they won the, the contract. The contract. Another thing I didn't mention at the beginning is um, one woman, and you probably heard of her story too, she works as a nurse at a federal correctional facility in British Columbia, and she hadn't gotten paid in months, yet inmates at the prison were getting paid. Like You get paid in prison? Well, you can do little prison jobs, and you make like 10 cents an hour. Okay. It's, it's like a little bit of modern slavery, but that's another episode for another day. Well, I guess when you come out of prison, at least you have something to, yeah. to start from. Yeah, if you don't have a family to give you money or something. It's just, it's just you know, I'm these sure corporations are taking advantage of people who don't have any other options and, right, you know, right. they don't have minimum wage, but that's not the story. It's the fact <laughs> that the prison automation payment system is more efficient than the nurse getting, you know, than the nurse's system. Well, efficient is a thing. Like, we'll, we'll probably touch more on, like, what went wrong. I need you to explain to me what went wrong because yeah. I don't understand the technical the technical aspect. Do you so, want to start well, with the timeline? Well, yeah. So, so yeah, like, uh, this was Harper, June, 2000, June 2011, uh, IBM got the contract. Then uh, the where it starts going wrong is March 2014. And then uh, well, this before is, we jump to yeah. March 2014, can you do you know anything about uh, People System? PeopleSoft. PeopleSoft. What is what is that? So PeopleSoft, uh, uh, we can maybe do a fact check real quick, but uh, I think it's an Oracle system. It's a system that's that's not made by IBM. It's a it's a it's a platform okay. that multiple companies. I don't know can what Oracle use. system means. So it's a company that makes software. Okay. But it's a system like so. PeopleSoft is a is a is a platform that can be uh, ch uh, changed and adapted to different scenarios. It's often used for financial and uh, uh, employee management systems. So, for example, you go to a company, they want to manage their employees better. And for example, someone new employee comes in, you want to be able to um, onboard them, you want to be able to attach a pay to them, manage their vacation, be able to say when they retire, what kind of package they receive. All of this is managed through this system. Would you say it's a standard system? It's it's a modular system. So depending on usually you have a consulting team that will go inside of a company and assess their needs because the system can be very big and it can be very simple. And all all system needs all the components of this system. And then for this case, they chose that system to be adapted to the the to the government's needs. So it's a system that's widely used. A lot of company uses the system. It's been successful. For, for years and years, and we're still using the system. Okay, so like it was to this day, we have that system. yeah, we have teams of consultants that are specialists on that platform, and then multiple people use. There's also other platforms that do it, like SAP, uh, PeopleSoft, Oracle, I think, and then there's also Microsoft that does some. Okay, is it? I don't know. This is a pleb non-computer question. Is it like a Microsoft Teams that like 
No, no, no. It's really it's the onboarding. Like every like everyone that's probably applied to a job, we go to these uh, websites, these portals where you drop okay. your CVs and stuff like that. It's also where you probably go pick up your T four when you're like once a year when your employer says like oh you can go pick up your T four in that portal, and you probably never go in there. But the people that take like that do the payrolls are probably the ones interacting with these systems in the companies, which and is already frustrating to me because like. It's, it's not like they're building something from scratch. Like, this is no. already working and proper, and it's just adapting it. It's adapting it. There's maybe a component, because I'm not a consultant in any of these departments, but uh, there's, there's, there's usually it, it elapses multiple years. These contracts can be six months to a full year to adapt it to a company. So there's components that are harder, and, to, and they're, they're, they're modular. So there's places where it can go wrong, and it's uh, up to, to the company to make sure they trust the consulting firm they are using. And that's that's part of the, the thing that happened in March 2014. If, for example, your company wants to implement a system like that, well, you need to trust that company that you chose to do it. Would you say IBM was qualified for this position? Have they done jobs of this scale? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's, that's why. Okay, take us to March 2014, Phil. Because that's where it starts going wrong for me. It's easy to see, like, IBM build a system and it went wrong. But March 2014, against IBM advices, the government decided to manage its own training. Right. And this this is a part where, where it's it's the same scenario about when you see a bridge collapsing and you realize, oh, they were trying to cut costs. And this is we're trying to cut costs. Yeah. We're trying to cut some of the high, like the, the, the consultants that are costing us a fortune. We're going to do it in-house. We're going to have someone... But then that person is not the person that built the tool or the software. We're asking someone that has nothing to do with the entire process that maybe just joined. Let's do a training. Like that's lack of uh, of uh, consistency in the process. Yeah, it sounds like oh shit, we may go over budget at this point. Let's cut it while we're you know because the project was technically on budget when Harper revealed it. So yeah. he's like, let's. Cut while we're ahead. Everyone's going to be so happy. We're below budget, if not on budget. Let's And let's do the training and onboarding our, ourselves. I, before we get to that, Phil, though, I yeah. want to talk about um, Miramichi, New Brunswick, for a minute. Yeah, what was it about that? They lost something and then they choose oh, to do God. it. What I was that? I love this. Okay, so I did, I did separate research about that. So in Miramichi, New Brunswick, and that's the only place in Canada where you can register your long-arm rifle. Right, that was it. So, so to have a gun in Canada, you first need to have a license to be able to have a gun, and then you need to register your firearms, right. okay? And this was the one place in the country where you could do that. You could do it remotely, but this is where they processed Every every single long arm rifle, and the whole city was employed by this system. Right. Okay, so then um, wait that that's what that's twenty what we're talking twenty two thousand nine like two thousand nine yeah. yeah so um, the Canada Firearms Center Center located on Duke Street employs um, okay I said the whole city was involved it's it's four hundred people are involved in this yeah in but the, I don't know how big that city is. 17,000. Okay. But I don't know why it was such a big deal. Well, that's still a lot of people losing their job. Yeah, it's something rural. closed down. Right. But did it close down? It did. Okay. It did. So, um, so the vice president of the local union said everyone at the center is attached to the long gun re registry. So Harper decides to, to shut down 
the registration of long arm firearms, mm-hmm. like long, it's called long arm shot, long arm guns. Okay. And uh, once passed, people will not have to register their non-restricted or non-prohibited firearms, and it provides the destruction of the existing records of the Canadian Firearm Registry for those firearms. And the government thinks it's wasteful and ineffective at reducing crime and targets law-abiding gun owners instead of criminals who don't register their firearms. So the logic is, if, you, if you're allowed to have a gun, you're already registered, you already have a license. So you don't need to also register your guns because the people who are committing crimes with these guns aren't registered anyway. Right. So they thought it was superfluous. Yeah. And so people still need to have a license. They just don't need to register their guns. So he decides we're going to shut down this facility. Right. People in New Brunswick hate him because, you know, this is their <laughs> livelihood. This is their, this is where, where it's, where it's always been happening. So Harper wants to Phil's expression, kill two birds with two stones. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so he decides, um, you know what? We need people to operate this software. We're going to open this in New Brunswick. So we closed down. We unemployed 400 people. Now we're going to reemploy them for this other system, get them all training. They're going to love me again over there. I'm going to be a hero. But in reality, he's cutting thousands of federal jobs in administration payroll. So on the large federal scale, he's cutting costs, but he's helping this one town. Right. I just wanted to mention that because I think this is really interesting. It is, yeah, definitely. Um, okay. So then back to what you were saying, the, you know, the organized training for these employees in New Brunswick. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. And that's part of cost, cutting costs. It, it was supposed to be IBM doing it. And then finally, they just like IBM said, let's we're going to take care of this. It's kind of like key. part of the project. Yeah, like if you build your house, you give your like it's key in hand. Like you're gonna come back, and your home is gonna be there, ready to use. But they, they didn't accept that. They wanted to do their own painting and install everything themselves. And then that's when it went wrong. And also, what I found interesting about cutting costs is that I was reading that the contract was worth five point seven million dollar that was supposed to be given to IBM, and. IBM eventually got paid 185 million. What? But I feel like that's part of like they cost a lot of cost were cost they cut, like they cut half of like what was supposed to be maintained. Say it again. What? What? How much were was the IBM? Contract? The contract was 5.7 million. Yeah, and how much did they pay? 185 million. What the? <laughs> so there wasn't any cost cutting. No. Because they, they had to come back, and we're, we're still fixing it to this day. Okay. So, um, this is, like, it, it gets even crazier. So, the project's over, supposedly. IBM says it's done. The training is done. The, it's, the, the facilities are set up in... No, it's not done. In New Brunswick. We're in starting my timeline. training. You're right, right, right. Well, post-training. Okay. Well, training, training is supposedly done. Yeah. Okay. The project's over. Harper has a press conference saying it was a success, and he even gave an Outstanding Achievement Award to René Jolicoeur, who was supposedly in charge of this project on the government side, and she was the Public Works Associate Deputy Minister. So this is his last few months of office. He gives himself a party, a press conference, and says, I did it. I'm on budget. At the time, I guess they must have been because he said they were. We're on budget. We're on time. I've employed the people. I've also cut costs federally. And I'm sure at that point, the system worked well on paper. Like, you're not scaling up. Like, there's just the the programmers, maybe a few people in the 
What's the town you were mentioning? Oh, I love the name of this town. It is uh, Miramichi, They New probably Brunswick. did their own test in the facility with five or ten employees. Everything worked well. It's all about when you start scaling things that things goes bad, right? Well, at this point in your timeline, Harper is done. Like, okay, so we're, Harp- almost, we're almost October 2015, and it's, and so it's Trudeau, true. So Trudeau gets elected. Yeah. He inherits this system. Yeah. When he inherits the system, red flags start going off. Employees have been complaining that they don't feel that they're adequately tra- trained in New yeah. Brunswick. Um, complaints are coming up, incorrect payments, late payments. And I also want to say that at this point, it has only been deployed to 30 out of the 101 uh, departments of the federal government. Yeah, they did like a first wave. First wave, and like you said, it was uh, not going very well. There was a lot of criticism. So of those 34, I said 34 departments or 31? Of the 34 of the 101 departments that it's been deployed in, there are... 40,000 cases, like red flags. Yeah. And these cases are either being paid too much. People are, like, just flagged. Things that have been flagged. People, individual people, 40,000 cases of people either being not paid, paid too much, just little, little problems. And the government... Right, because some people are getting paid too much. (laughs) And they (laughs) have to do their own... These are the lucky ones. (laughs) Well, not really, because they have to do their own calculations on, like, what paycheck is this from? Like, what is this? And, like, it's not like they're going to keep it. But it's a better problem than not getting paid. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. So they dismiss this problem as being, like, growing pains. Like, learning adjustment problems, you know, they're going to, you know, New Brunswick is going to get better at handling the system. Employees are probably not inputting their information. They're justifying it as user problems. Um, And you're right. That's the first wave. And then they're receiving criticism. And that was February 16 that I wrote. I don't know if you... I just wrote 2016. And then April 2016. So we're talking about two months. They roll out to the rest of, instead of fixing anything. <laughs> the remaining department switch over to the Phoenix system. <laughs> and Even everyone, growing backlash. And yeah, p- people were protesting. They were like, just fix the problem. We liked the old system. Well, yeah, they liked it, but it was still costing the government. Yeah. They needed to move. No matter what happened, they needed to change the system. It was just a question, let's do it properly. But they set it up so well. Like, they went with one of the best firms. Yeah. They have an adequate budget. They had all the time in the world. They took a while, yeah. Like, it, they set it up so well. Okay, so then, you're right. They roll out to the 101 departments. and so From the first rollout to when IBM yeah. started training, uh, got the things, 2011. Yeah, that's like five years almost, four years. <laughs> How long would you say this project should take? From your, from it, it, it should have taken like a year, year and a half. Like I'm, I might be exceptionally wrong. Like four years might be something correct, but I guess you had to like source who was gonna, you know, take the project and then yeah, who was on the all, team. I, I don't know at the point if IBM was a new practice too. Like there's always new, new things. I don't know how long they've been doing that specific people soft implementation. That's something I call bullshit. Like, come on. But I think that's... You have to take the most qualified. Yeah. So from 40,000 cases of mistakes, there are 400,000 cases of people, like, people (laughs) needing to fix a pay error. And the government responded by hiring pay advisors and setting up temporary payment offices around the country, but that did nothing. Like, people were lining up to get paid and... Like, the backlog was stacking up quicker than they were able to deal with individual problems one at a time. And then problems just kept coming up. So this was a temporary solution. Yeah. Um, 
Then the liberals created a cabinet training group to fix the problem. What time? What what what, what year are we talking about? Um, 2017. Right, because this is a, like from from where it starts going bad. Like we're talking what April 2016, where they get yeah. And now we're talking like a full year almost. Yeah. Okay. So we have there's people on people surrounded the country around the country doing payments yeah. like trying to fix the immediate problem then we have a little committee yeah and i'm sure ibm is still working on the problem i don't know i don't have that no mention of them after the uh, rollout but i'm sure they're tr- i'm sure people are working nine and, well, i don't know if, actually, i don't know I don't actually know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so then the auditor general said phoenix will take years to fix and it will cost way more than 540 million dollars budgeted and this is just to fix the current errors and not even to have a system. Right. Um, so then IBM blames the conservatives for not accepting their training and cutting costs that way. Yeah. The conservatives blame the liberals for rolling it out when it wasn't ready. Because the liberals were the ones that decided to, after, like, when they, when the 30... Well, they weren't there anymore when it was time to roll out. So yeah. it wasn't their decision to It wasn't make. their decision. They, you know, Harper says... Harper, the conservative said, you know, we would have listened to feedback and just revised or rolled it out when it's ready. The liberals didn't take the right precautions and the right um, QA, quality assurance um, right. steps. And then the liberals blame the conservatives for cutting costs and the training. Right. Um, okay. So June 2019, this is still a problem. June 2019, the liberals say screw it and, uh, and decide... We're going to get a brand new system. It's going to be cloud-based, and we're going to give the contract to Ceridian, SAP, or Workday. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to be announced fall 2020. Which is what I was talking to you about earlier. SAP, they all have the same platform. So now what there's these, – these, these I saw, they're not consulting firms. These are other platforms. So they want to move away from PeopleSoft that they've been using, and they want to use other implementation of the same kind of software but different companies. And these are the other companies that are doing it. And then some of them are doing cloud-based stuff. So you don't have to have servers or have people in a certain location manage these things. And they say that by, like, having a cloud-based updates could be rolling consistently. Yeah. Is multiple, it easier to update? There's multiple benefits. Uh, it's just probably being a question of being future-proof. So we don't have to redo in, another plane in the next 40 years. So in theory, by 2023... It's this new software will take $57 million to create and $106 million annually to operate. But Phoenix still needs to be fixed, and there's another group doing that independently. Right, because that's the thing. To train the next system, you need to make sure that the data from the old system is correct. Because if not, your new system is learning from a flawed system. Because you can only improve moving forward if whatever you had before was fixed. So they need to invest into that. It kind of reminds me of the bridge, uh, Champlain. Yeah. When we were building the new Champlain, we still were putting a bunch of million dollars fixing the old one <laughs> because we still needed to be on that one until the other one was usable. Who do you think is to blame? Like, who is responsible for this shit show? Well, you did a good rundown there. There was the the conservative that should have accepted Those are the training three from elements. IBM. Yeah. Uh, the liberals should have done the first wave and leave it there. It's a very common thing in software engineering. When we make a new software, we expect things to go bad because we build a system with our optimal path, 
like we know that if we click here, 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 we're going to get this result. It's easy to do this thing. It's kind of calculator. If I do 1 plus 1 equal that, you know what the answer is going to be at the end. But it's as soon as you give in in the end of someone else and that person starts using it in ways that you cannot expect or even like it's hard to think of all the scenarios that can go. And then that's where you need your system to be tested at scale. And in this case, they should have done the first wave, test it, see the problem, put everything on hold, fix all these problems, and retry the first wave. That was also a big mistake. I don't know who was in charge of taking this decision. The liberals at the time were, were in power. Yeah. And I don't know if like IBM pushed to say, like, yo, like these tests that we just did, they're not go properly. Because like you need to test, things will fail and you will, like example, you do, we download application, Facebook, Instagram, we get updates for them every day. And if you read the, you read the logs of the, the updates, it says bug issue, bug issue, bug issue. We might not all experience these issues, but some of us will, like our application will crash because you clicked on a photo, scroll down, and then that sequence of operation made the application crash. In the lab, when you're building this thing, it's hard to do that exact scenario that, that created that crash. So you need to do these steps. So yes, it's good to do a first wave. They should have stopped as soon as they saw these problems. That would have prevented to create even more problems and would have probably reduced the amount of people affected by a, a bad system. That's a, that's a really convincing argument because I was going to come in here and blame IBM. And I was going to blame IBM because even though they didn't do the training, which I understand probably would have, you know, been easier. I, I'm arguing that the the software has to be inherently flawed for that it to fuck up this much to this great a scale. And like the auditor, I didn't read it as part of my quotation, the one who said it was an international embarrassment, says like when he audited the system, it makes no sense. Like yeah. there were there were parts that like you couldn't fit together and like that's a Forget about little bug issues and sequence of events and like, because I understand constantly updating a system, but for it to be so inherently flawed from the beginning, like how, how much training honestly, like, like I'm, and like employees not to figure it out after a decade of like, like, yeah. and then to support that argument, I had that the Ontario liberals tried intro also introducing a computer system also by IBM to pay people on social assistance. And it cost $240 million, also IBM, also PeopleSoft, another system that they created. And a month after it went online, the computer glitched and sent $20 million extra dollars to 17,000 people in the system. And, like, that's IBM the year earlier doing, like, yeah. are we blaming at, at this point the conservative government for hiring an agency who failed so catastrophically in a province in Ontario? I was going to say in the province over, but it's federal. And, you know, Queens, I didn't do my research on Ontario enough to, to see what went wrong. There. It's just that it's a pattern with IBM's not maybe this isn't their forte. But then are we going to blame like the government for for choosing this contract after it, evidently in the same country? They failed just at a smaller scale. If you can't do it at a smaller scale, how will you succeed at a larger scale? I don't know. Like it's, it's, it's a it's it's hard to say at this point because. Like yeah, you, you test the software. That's the that's an like that's a part that's different about that 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 engineering field, is that you get to be able to test it. You get to build something and test it, and it's when you test it that when you see problems, you you should be able to revert. 
So if at that point it might be IBM, like the team that was managing it, were not doing their testing phase properly. There's development, there's production, there's you put into, and then you have to do tests. And you're hoping this isn't the first time it's ever done this, right? No, so, you have like, to test it. Like, so like, at that case, point, yeah. I don't know how, how, how strong they, they vocalize their, their needs of like, we need to test it. And I don't know at the same time how the government was saying, we need it now. We need to stop cutting. We have yeah. budgeting. We have like the quarters that we need to do. We need to present something. Harper's going to gonna leave government and he wants this to be his, he wants to have this he little wants parade that. for So himself. I don't know how much the pressure behind this project to be on time was cost like like making them cut corners would you say it's a difficult would you blame difficult clients <laughs> like <laughs> i think so i think it's hard for most people to also understand how how a system can be flawed if you don't give it enough time i also like it's definitely a failure also on the trudeau government for it to have lasted a decade you know for yeah. this to still be a problem today and i don't know how easily it would have been for them to just say Let's cut it and let's go back to the old system. Let's figure it out and we'll come back to this one once it's figured out. Like, why could it, as soon as they, they drop it and go back? Yeah, because then from here. Well, they already laid off all those, those employees and closed those offices. So, yeah, then it's the government. They moved too quick. Which government? Uh, then that was Harper that closed the offices. Well, the liberals rolled it out. Yeah, but the training was chose to be done by Harper. Yeah. They're not listening to the people, like regardless, because at every phase in the research, there were people, there were red flags, there were people like on the streets petitioning, people were angry, people were writing letters. They're not. Yeah, well, what, what like the part that's sad here is that yeah, the system failed, but like it's it, it, like the fact that it impacted a lot of people's life. Yeah. Like when you work your entire life and then because of something failing, you have to retire maybe ten years later. They didn't think it was 10 years, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm going to retire. Oh, this will get solved. I'll retire next year. I'll yeah. retire next year. I'll retire next. What are these people doing? What if? <sighs> yeah. And usually, like, you're supposed to choose. Like, government jobs are not sometimes the most exciting jobs. But at least. They have excellent pensions. That's what they're pensions. known for. Yeah. You're known to have, like, good condition at work. Like, good hours. Good benefits. And then when you come with this, it's like, well, what was that all for? 80% of federal employees have been affected by this. That's a lot. That's that's like almost 80% everyone. 80% <laughs> of That's more than half, but that's 80%. And yeah, like we started with, where we talked about people like having to visit food banks and selling their homes. and This is, I agree with it being a national embarrassment, an international embarrassment, and this is embarrassing. Yeah, of course. Of course. And then to, to say that, like, at the end of this episode or whatever, it's still not fixed. No, we're just pointing fingers and bitching. Yeah, but there's there's no... there's It's not fixed. Like, we're hoping. I was hoping you could explain to me, do you know what's wrong with the software from a technical point of view? Did you find any research that was like, oh, it's randomizing all the addresses. It's, you know, like, what technically from a software engineer, what professional opinion can you give me, Mr. Consultant? I don't know. I, I, that, I try to look at that, and then everyone that's been hired to do these like investigations they don't come up with why the technology was not working properly it always came down to proper training people not being able to use a system which is also a bad part on the system because usually a system you want it to be user like i like, know as a designer intuitive. exactly as a designer you need to make yeah there's no designers I'll, i would show you a screenshot of people's soft 
It's not pleasant to look at. And I'm sure you've applied to jobs and put your CV on platforms that were not pleasant to look at. But if it's client, if it's user-facing, it needs to have some sort You, Yeah, it's not design, but, but not, there is a designer always. Someone designs the way it looks. Is it a software engineer that designs the way it looks? I don't know. It's a, a function. I, I don't know. It's it's not a it's a click it's it's like a null the windows looking type of application. It it does the job, but it's not there to please the eye. It's there, and then that's why it requires training. And these softwares they've been built for years and years and years, and their implementation that like they're uh, done over. So then maybe that's at fault. Maybe it's using a software that's a bit too old, maybe not modernized enough. And maybe we could say that we need a designer to make... Well, I know that poor design is also... It's 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 definitely a problem. Like, poor design... Which is why we for, can say that if training did not work properly, if the thing was designed better... I'm just... it's train. There's training to a certain extent, but if you're on the same platform for years and you're, like, self-taught, like, you need to... Yeah. Like, you get around it. You find your ways of doing things. Yeah. And, like, for example, the importance of design. Like, if you're designing a website that's for voter registration and you design it poorly so that people cannot figure out how to register to vote, that, you know, that's a failure of a failure of design. Right. Like, th- that has long-term social consequences. And whereas if a website is incredibly intuitive and you get more registration, because people are only going to try for how long? Two minutes before yeah. they're, like, they're going to get distracted? The easier it is designed, the more accessibility. Once you factor all these things, that's good design. If it doesn't have accessibility, if it's not intuitive, it, it's poor design. Yeah. But I don't know how much training can alleviate poor design, how much they rely on each other. Proper training as well as yeah. design. A good point. But I, I came in here to argue that the software itself was not functional. It is not functional because, like you said, we can't only be blaming training. I don't think there's a single person going to jail for this problem. Oh, come on, there's one place in jail. Who are we gonna put in there? I don't think there's a, there's a, there's a, it's a collective. It's a collective fee. We can move closer. I think they allocated a budget. To give a, a contract to a known company. It starts really well. It starts very well. Yeah, it's, it's a story that should have not failed. But Speaking they, of IBM, I need to yeah. do a pause here. Yeah. When I started working there, I learned about all the tools and the things they've been building for years. And how many of them I'm using on a daily. And how many probably of like the listeners are using maybe right now and we're not aware that IBM made. They build successful software over and over and over, and we use them without even knowing on a daily basis. Today, I can guarantee I use at least five tools that they made. And I don't, I, there's no branding on them, and there's nothing, but these are their systems. And then, like, these prove that, like, they're, they build things that work usually. So, this is a strange, it's a strange, like, story of them making something that. That didn't add up. So it's hard to point the finger at them if so much is, is a success around it. I don't know. I'm a fan of keeping things local. And is is like the Canadian branch of IBM different from the American branch of IBM? Uh, well, the, the, there's different branches of IBM. There's like research and development. They do AI. They do quantum computing, which like they're leading the market on that. 
and then there's this they have their own consulting agency like Deloitte and so they have their own it's called global business services and then this is divided in North America and they run separately a bit in the United States and Canada because of the bridge episode one of the things at fault was bringing in Americans and people who didn't know so it is an American company so like keeping it like they were most successful when they chose Canadian engineers and Canadian builders and like can that be applied to this situation IBM is just a global company and it wasn't you know it's an American company it's an American company, but in that case, it was the branch of IBM Canada, and they're located in Ottawa. That's the Ottawa branch. That not Markham? There. No. It's oh, not Ottawa. Ottawa. Okay, that makes sense. They have an office in Ottawa, and I, that's the team that worked on it. Um, I'm, in every episode, it's it's Denise throwing pasta at a wall and hoping something sticks. Like, yeah, and this one is hard. This one is really hard, because like, there's a lot of people at fault. There's people not accepting it went bad and keep going. There's... There's two governments dealing with their own private agenda. There's the recession trying to save money. You're trying to cut costs, and then this comes biting back. You know, there's there's a. Uh, it's hard to point at someone. These poor people in New Brunswick, <laughs> like <laughs> like their town is like they're gonna now they're gonna remove this system. And I don't know, like if it's cloud based, will you need an office? Uh no. But like, are you these still need be employees at... to run things like that. You still need people to understand. Like, will it be basic? Like, not I don't want to say basic. Will it be like regular workers? Like, will these people be unemployed twofold? Like I'm saying, like these people don't have training in like computers. They're not cloud experts. They're not. Oh engineers. no, no, but like they're not building the software. The software, when it's built, they just need people to operate it properly. Like, will it, what I'm asking is, will the this town be? lose against affected twice <laughs> like like well most probably i think that's a that's something that's happening in a lot of sectors like i talk about it with you a lot uh, i think like most of jobs can be automated that's true i agree with that i agree with that not just like repetitive jobs but even jobs that we we think are like even like there's parts of operations now that are robots that are taking over you can do like an operation and you have the, the doctor in a different room completely like one of the companies I used to work through, they they were building flight simulators, but they were also building, uh, uh, like uh, health devices, and it was uh, robotic devices where you, a doctor could control from a distance and perform a surgery. What's the benefit of that? Like you could have the best doctor in China. Yeah. Okay. Or you would have people like in uh like in the region. For example, if you're too old to like get to the city to get the best surgeon to perform surgery, you just bring that and he does it in his home. Also, like, I guess, you know, the wear and tear of a doctor, like, precision of his hands, right? If you could maybe be more precise, yeah. even, or... I wanted this to work, Phil. What? This software. Phoenix. I wanted Phoenix to it work. It will affect. And you know what? There's so many jokes to be made. Like, Phoenix rising from the ashes. But it's, like, there's so but many... But now the joke is that the Phoenix will never rise from the ashes because they're building a new software. So as <laughs> soon as the ashes starts burning, it stops burning, it's not going to like, just going to be like, okay, let's brush it away. Let's, let's have new something. And they're not even planning on calling it Phoenix. It's funny. I think this is so funny. It is. They kind of have to call the next system Phoenix. Because if not, it just doesn't make sense. Whoever came up with this name is probably who to blame. I love that. 
I Wh- love that. Who thought of calling the system Phoenix? It's stupid. It's gonna burn. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was listening. This is so unrelated, and I, but I was listening to um, another podcast where they were roasting Trump, and they, what they were doing is he's so good. Trump is so good at saying exactly what he means. So, for example, when they were talking about his, like, when he was launching his casinos, and, like, he was like, guys, this is going to be the Titanic of all casinos. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be huge. It's the Titanic of casinos. It's going to be the best. And, like, if you, you're like, yeah, he was right. It was the Titanic. It, it, it sank, it crashed, and it burned. Like, the words he uses are literal. And either he doesn't know what he's saying or he knows exactly what he's saying. Like, so, like, Phoenix, it's going gonna, it's gonna to burn. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, gonna it's gonna burn, but it's gonna come back better gonna, than ever. It's, it's gonna be cloud based. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna rise. Oh, oh, we created the system. It's rising from the old system, sucks. This new system is gonna rise from the ashes. Oh, it's not gonna work. It burned again. Okay, well, you know, we have all these, uh, these you know, temporary pay systems, huh? Like, <laughs> like oh, that's not working. Okay, well, we're gonna, well, you know, we're rising from the ashes. We're saving this town in New Brunswick. Oh, that's, that's burning. That's not working. Like, like, it just keeps re, re, you know, setting itself on fire. In summary, I'm not impressed with IBM in terms of this. And I I feel like the conservative government is not as guilty as... No, the more we talk about it, I think they, they fell when the first wave went back. And they weren't even in office when the first wave came back. Yeah, I guess so. They fell when they, they didn't get proper training, but it, it we can debate that even if they didn't get proper training, they would have figured it out by themselves eventually. And then whenever it came down to roll the first phase to try it out, when they saw it was going bad, they should have paused the brakes, make sure they fix it before going full scale. And as soon as you go full scale, there's no going back. It's so hard to go back. You've already impacted people. Now you're just doing like damage control. I also read that another thing possibly to blame were employees that were scared to go to their higher ups, like having like a like a sort of a toxic work culture where they felt they couldn't That's speak possible, up, yeah. like they couldn't flag things that were happening, like with. That's possible. I also read that was another. There's also a problem. I think um, there's a. I think there's an issue when uh, Emily was talking about the fact that when you're you're an engineer. You have to be shadowed by someone, let's say, for two years become before you become an engineer, like you're a junior engineer, and then you become an engineer. And then what's interesting about that part is that when you're an engineer engineer, you, you're allowed to sign on an engineering project. But software engineering is such a new field that most graduates don't even become part of Law Disney Engineering of Quebec or like whatever order is in, the, in that province. Because it's not required to have someone with the engineering title to s- sign over some projects. Sometimes when you do offers, like a bidding, like someone that's an engineer, sometimes will have to sign that. But it's not the case for most things. So when a software fails like that, there's not an actual engineer that's signed off at the end. There's not like a blame or like responsibility that's fallen upon someone. And then you might have a team of people that are not engineers at all, like computer scientists. It's not like reglement, like it's, there's no there's no rules yet implemented around this because it's, it's coming too quick and there's not enough people. There's like we're the smallest like program of engineers coming out of school. 
and there's too many jobs so they're willing to take people that uh like self-bought these coding stuff and then maybe these are partly to blame because then you have people that are not necessarily qualified to operate with a system that's going to impact people as much <laughs> i that is such a good point that is such a good point yeah my mind is blown. It fully blew my mind. So I don't know. It's hard to point at the finger. I don't like pointing the finger either because I think there's multiple people. I love pointing it. the finger. It's easy sometimes, and in this case, it's harder. I'm so little involved. That's why I'm able to say, you messed up. I'm not going to point the finger at IBM. Well, when we were I want to keep my job, okay? <laughs> I want you to keep your job, too. But when we were talking um, on the walk over here, and you're like, okay, let's film. I already know who I want to blame. And I was like, oh my God, don't tell me. Who, who, like two hours ago? Uh, who was the person that you were like, I know who I'm blaming? I think I was thinking about uh, Harper's organization with, yeah. uh, with the training. But then the more we thought about, like talk about, like it's like there's the, there's more than that. There's a, I think it's the people that didn't didn't stop it after the first wave. That's, that's where I think it's stopping the most. Things are always going to go bad. You should expect for the worst. Always. Yeah. What's, what's, the, what's the law about the... If something can go wrong, it will? Yeah, the uh, Morgan's Law? Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law. No, no, Morgan's Law is about... No, I'm kidding. I was going to make something up. <laughs> it's Murphy's Law. I'm satisfied. Thank you so much for... Uh... Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. Now look up Morgan's Law. I'm very curious if that is a law. Yeah, it is. Really? Yeah. The Morgan. What's that? The Morgan's Law is a, it's union. It's like, for example, if you have A and B, it's like set, set logics, A and B, then you have like A and B inclusion. There you have it, folks. <laughs> what an educational episode. Murphy's Law, Morgan's Law. Forget about Mor the Morgan. This is the Morgan. It's space. the Morgan? D-E space Morgan. Oh, De Morgan. What kind of, what nationality is that name? Who is De Morgan? All of this is highly irrelevant. Tune in next week. <laughs> but Murphy's Law is interesting. Who is Murphy? Your neighbor. <laughs> my my electrician? Yeah, he probably was. I don't know. Thank you so much for bringing this episode to my attention, Phil. I think you were the perfect guest. I think it was finally time that people uh, had the voice behind your instrumental part in this podcast. I'm just uh, emotional support. And you know what? Sometimes that's all this podcast needs. <laughs> Thank you for being here, Phil. Thank you for having me. Any closing arguments? Any closing thoughts? Um, I hope that IBM, if you're listening to this, you want to keep my job. <laughs> you didn't do anything wrong. It's fine. It's Philip Audry, ID number. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Afternoon, even by one, by one. Call me in the afternoon.